Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for rotters, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Rotters Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, grab a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. From the beginning of this Discovering Characters series, we've built our primaries from the ground up with templates and interviews. We've looked at our individual primaries, our protagonist and antagonist, as well as our secondary characters and their relationships with our primaries. The best characters are not static, but change whether they grow or decline. That's today's focus, progressions. Sliding scales develop a character's arc or growth or decline through stages. The benefit of a sliding scale is that we writers have a logical guide for the character's changes. We construct the necessary sequence of events, the plot, before developing the character and the story, saving massive amounts of time in revision. Progressions. Scales that reveal a character's growth or improvement are progressions. Basic motivations. One of the most widely known is Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, named for Abraham Maslow, who in 1943 first expressed this scale as a theory of human motivation. The hierarchy is still relevant almost a century later. A hierarchy is a ladder. We cannot skip a ladder rung when trying to climb up to change a light bulb or clean out the roof gutters. If a rung breaks, we descend back to the bottom, hopefully without major injury. That drop or fall cannot be prevented. In climbing back to our previous level, we must step on each ladder rung to reach our previous progress and then climb higher. The bottommost rung is physiological needs, the foundation of all others. Physiological means the needs that we must meet in order to continue our existence also known as survival needs. These include clean air and water, food, shelter, warmth, and a place for rest. Our health is dependent upon these first six. Shelter also includes clothing and a place to withstand inclement weather. For the species to survive, procreation is also necessary. This procreation is basic sex, not lust, not love, just an inherent drive of replacement. If someone is starving, their table manners aren't important. They will not care about other people's problems. They will not involve themselves in assisting people who have faced a hurricane or war. Once the survival needs are assured, a person is motivated by safety and security. We seek to have a measure of control over the events occurring in our lives rather than allow random chaos to rule. People need to know, one, that they are physically and emotionally safe, two, that the ones they depend upon are also safe, and three, that their possessions, especially those that affect survival and personal well-being, are also secure. A safe environment, 
and a safe central group helps fulfill the safety needs. Freedom from abuse and molestation is a key element of these. Post-traumatic stress disorder occurs when people experience a continuing lack of safety in their environment. War, natural disasters like tornadoes, continual violence within the family or neighborhood or workplace, or institutional oppression, government-sanctioned racism, for example, are causes of PTSD. When self, group, and necessary possessions are under constant threat, people may believe that they are on the verge of struggling for basic survival. Quite a number of people invest in safety nets, seeking job security, pouring money into savings accounts, and having insurance policies. They check constantly for threats to their person, to their emotions, their finances, and their health, and they will have preparations to avoid catastrophe. The middle letter, rung, is belonging, also known as love needs. People need to have close family, reliable friends, and intimacy with one another. Humans and companion animals need to love and be loved. We constantly seek relationships. The concentric circles of relationships are centered with intimate family, close friends, other friends, colleagues and peers, affiliates in similar groups, acquaintances, and passers-by, least known and trusted. Beyond the immediate family, which is the core, are our extended family, blood relatives and half and step relatives, confidants, good friends, colleagues, and mentors. Large social groups include co-workers, clubs, religions, sport affiliations, and professional organizations. Without strong central groups, our isolation may lead to social anxiety, unchecked, that may cause clinical depression. We are damaged by shunning and ostracism. Active bullying belongs at the safety needs, and physical threats are on the survival needs rung. Esteem needs are a two-step ladder rung. Esteem is outward prestige and inward accomplishments. Esteem is also called ego needs or status needs. Beyond belonging, a human needs to feel respected. Achieving both self-respect and outward recognition is to achieve both steps of this rung. People involve themselves in work or a hobby or in various organizations to receive recognition. Glory seekers may take involvement to an extreme, and an inferiority complex will result when respect from others fails to appear, no matter your efforts. As writers, when we have characters who seek outward recognition, we must draw fine lines between recognition and attention, prestige and status, and fame and infamy. Extrinsic esteem, recognition conferred rather than felt, will never stabilize someone who lacks inward esteem. A whole person has developed intrinsic esteem. Their self-confidence comes from competence and mastery, autonomy and freedom. They have an understanding of themselves, not from having or doing or wanting, but from being. That's very close to something Evelyn Underhill once said. Being, not wanting, having, and doing, is the essence of the spiritual life. The highest rung on the hierarchy is self-actualizations. As Maslow first envisioned this rung, he defined it as achieving one's potential, 
being involved in more than work, fulfilling one's creative drive, and reaching beyond oneself. He later called this transcendence, which is the clearer and correct term. Self-actualization is achieved with the attainment of the previous four rungs and the knowledge that, should the other rungs collapse, each rung can be achieved once again. One is autonomous, not independent. Transcendence occurs only when we reach beyond the self to help others climb higher. Thus, it is not just understanding one's place within the local sphere, but also understanding one's purpose in this universe. Many novels track a protagonist's climb up the latter rungs. The protagonist seeks the potential of the higher levels, faces conflicts which cast him down to lower ladder rungs, and climbs back and then higher. Here's some examples. Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice is nestled firmly in the esteem and belonging rungs, and she is writing over a hundred years before Maslow. Elizabeth Bennet is concerned with keeping her family's social standing, threatened greatly when Wickham elopes with her sister Lydia. Darcy, with the same concern, at first did not wish to ally himself with a woman of lower status. His heart drives him to assist the Bennet family to prevent their imminent fall from Lydia's indiscretion. Austen's Emma follows a protagonist focused on extrinsic esteem. In the 1996 version with Kate Beckinsale, the protagonist achieves transcendence when she crosses the room at the Harvest Ball to greet her friend, now happily engaged to the farmer that Emma had previously considered far beneath her. In the other 1996 film of the same name, the protagonist remains in her self-satisfied extrinsic existence with no such redemption scene, just more gentle mockery. Jack London's Call of the Wild, no film has ever done justice to the novella, drops the protagonist Buck, that's a dog, from self-actualization down to basic survival needs, removed from an environment where he was king and all considered him king. He enters a hostile environment where he must fight for food and shelter, the very basics of survival. Gradually, Buck learns to fend for himself, safety, and discovers his place on the sled team, rising to leadership, belonging, and extrinsic esteem. When his life is threatened by imbecilic humans, he drops again to survival. Saved from death by John Thornton, Buck rises more rapidly and proves his love for the man more than three times, even to a willingness to sacrifice his own life. However, Buck cannot return to the master-slave relationship. He climbs higher to become his own master, no longer fearing any top predator, as he becomes one with the wild. The early chapters of Call of the Wild are lessons in how to remove a man's civilized veneer and return him to savagery. Buck endures abuse and starvation and thirst and an alien environment of snow and ice after his years in sunny California. 1. Remove someone of power and prestige from the gnome. 2. Inflict daily beatings and restrict independent movement. 3. Make them dependent on another for food, water, and shelter. With these steps, the civilized veneer will come unglued and fall away, leaving only the ugly hardwood or the decaying soft pine. London strips Buck's civilized shell and rebuilds him into a primitive mold of leadership 
based on physical strength and a willingness to commit violence. The Right Focus is currently in the series all about characters, from building and presenting a character to relationships, leadership styles, team roles, and special touches for characters. Avoid creating characters who are stereotypes. Reveal their public and private interiors. Focus on couples, mentors, enemies, and much, much more. The information comes from M.A. Lee's guidebook, Discovering Characters, part of the Discovering series on the writing craft. Link to the guidebooks are in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by M.A. Lee from Writers, Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle, called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at linkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.